Hello all, welcome back to Shrugging with the Bums. Uh, we have another fantastic episode for everyone today. It'll be a bit of a mix of kind of interview and talking about college and things like that. So this will cover a lot of different areas that we've discussed before. And for the second time this year, uh, we will have a brand new guest. So Davis, you want to say hi real quick? Hey there, I'm Davis. <laughs> Met him in college. Uh, we were in the same fraternity together, um, as well as, honestly, the same thing that goes with Alex probably would have crossed paths playing basketball at some point um, yeah. amongst other things uh, yeah. that we did in college that we'll talk about, but yeah, it's been fun. I uh, definitely wanted to have him on the podcast, especially with him kind of venturing out trying to get his own blog going and own uh, Instagram page Him playing a lot of golf, which we'll also get into here soon. Um, and while he's wearing some advertised, he's got a little, he's got a sponsor, baby. Yeah. He's got a little sponsorship <laughs> going on too. So yeah, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but if you haven't already, Please do follow us on Instagram at the bums, B-U underscore MS. That's our primary source of information for everyone. Uh, our website, as we're recording this podcast episode right now, is nearly done. It's already up, though, but it's been completely redone. Um, so just let us know if you see any mistakes, too. Feel free to let us know. Um, we should be updating that further. And wherever it is that you listen to us, please do follow us. Give us a notification or give us a review. Uh, you can hit the bell for notifications, et cetera, et cetera. All right, guys. So, Davis, my guy, it's been a little bit, but um, hey, man, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Uh, name is name is Davis Wick. Uh, originally, technically born in, in Tillamook, Oregon, but grew up in Ohio for uh, pretty much from age four until I left from college. Left for college. Um, went out to the University of Oregon because I always wanted to go back out to Oregon um, after living there for a few years, spending a few summers out there while I was still living in Ohio um, and, and got an academic scholarship that made it feasible enough to, to get back out here. Um, and I have not looked back to Ohio ever since. Uh, I, still, I still love my Ohio sports teams and my skyline chili, but um, Oregon is home and uh, it's going to be my forever home, I think. Um, yeah, met met Eddie in college, met Bryce in college. A uh, lot of a lot of flag football nights with these two gentlemen watching them play because I couldn't I can't play football to save my life. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Dude, I gotta know. Every time I meet someone from Ohio, they're like, "I'm so glad I left Ohio." What is it about Ohio that makes people so happy to say they left Ohio? And I asked that as someone from Oklahoma that does the same thing about Oklahoma. But as a kid, I always thought Ohio was nice, but probably that's not saying a lot given where I've come from myself. It is. You do see it, like, I feel like more so than other states. I don't really know exactly why. Uh, I mean, it's just, like, it's a great, great – I'm from Cincinnati, and I love Cincinnati. Um, my parents live just outside of downtown um, in a really neat part of town where there's just, like, some of the best food and drink scene I've ever seen um but like outside of that kind of stuff there's you know there's not a ton of outdoor stuff uh you know it's pretty flat so there's no hiking our river is is pretty aggressively brown um so you you can't really utilize that too much either um so for the outdoor folk like it's just not that not that kind of scene um it's pretty good golf definitely some good golf but um and then also like our sports teams up until the last two years have been you know pretty abysmal at least professionally obviously Ohio State's had plenty of success but um honestly I don't know I think it's a lack of like just things to do there's there's plenty of 
food and drink to go around there, but that's everywhere, you know? So uh, I think outside of that, there, that's why, that's why people, you know, I'm, I'm out here, I'm, you know, hiking with the dog or doing other things pretty much every weekend, just cause there's so much more to do out here. Fair enough. Yeah, for sure. It makes sense. I think too, the other thing, and uh, I'm not saying California is the greatest state in the union by any means. We've already had this conversation before, but like, Low key, the only reasons I knew anything about Ohio was Ohio State Buckeyes, the Cleveland Cavaliers. <clears throat> um, I think that might be it, Bengals, right? Yeah. And they also got um the Browns. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And then uh am I missing anyone, Bryce? Is it dude? You're you're sleeping on Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio before I, it got hit. Bryce, I that need you to understand awesome. that growing up. The only places I don't, I didn't know anything about the Midwest. Anything couldn't tell you anything about the Midwest other than like where the um freaking president's faces are, and about that's about it, bro. And then sports, sports world. So I don't know much about it. And then like in college, man, I knew I'd already met you, but I was listening to that podcast series called Serial Killer or whatever, or Serial whatever it was. It kind of blew up when we were all in college, and like one of the first episodes was in like. Ohio or Cleveland and it was like about how bad the justice system like the system there I was like yeah bro this is just oh this is fantastic Kira and I have a a, my wife Kira and I have a a bit of a running joke like every time we watch like some you know law and order criminal minds episode like it's like one out of three the killers from Ohio like it's unbelievably uncanny how many times it happened and it's like i feel like these writers are literally just like ah, oh, we don't know like we're not gonna make it from california where should we oh let's just let's just let's just toss in ohio why not like they're not gonna care but it is like i i, I don't know like the statistics of like more creepy people come from right. ohio but um it's just hilarious because it happens way more than it probably should no it, it it is hilarious now that you mentioned that now that i think about that even more so yeah i i do <laughs> Dude, yeah, watch yeah. it like Dateline, whatever you see. Shit yeah, literally whatever you watch, it always happens. It's so bizarre. <laughs> oh, it's true. Yeah, what's up, Bryce? Right. So I have two questions for you, Davis. One, yeah. were you at the 2015 Rose Bowl game when we – twenty? yeah, it was 2015 because New Year's Day when we played FSU. And two, what kind of brought you to Oregon? I mean, I know obviously you probably have a background, but were you looking at other schools? Did it just kind of fit with you? Did you take a tour? So uh, I'll start with – I'll start with two there because it kind of two feeds into one a little bit. Um, so I, like I said, I was born in Oregon, but uh, moved to Ohio when I was young. But my family kept a house out on the Oregon coast, just outside of Tillamook um, for probably up until I was in sixth or seventh grade. And that was like our summer vacation spot. Uh, we were there a couple weeks every summer, um, no matter what. And um, I just came to love it. And um, kind of through that, and then my uncle wound up, he got his um, master's from UL, from Oregon. And then my grandparents lived in Eugene for a while, while he was getting his master's there too. Um, So while honest, honest to God, I never stepped foot in Eugene, Oregon until my freshman orientation, or until my my tour, sorry, my tour of um, before freshman year. Like I never went beforehand, um, but I knew... I knew long before I ever stepped foot on that tour. And honestly, the, the best part about when I was going to take my like tour before any of that freshman orientation stuff, I got food poisoning from Steelhead. That's the name, Steelhead Brewery. Um, I got food poisoning from there. Sorry, uh, Steelhead, for that. But 
and I couldn't go on my tour. And I was like crying to my mom. I was like, they're not gonna let me in. They're gonna say like, this kid can't show up in time, stuff like that. Um, and obviously that didn't wind up being the case. So I wound up at Oregon. It was going to be the only school that I applied to, but my mom was like, no, you have to apply elsewhere. Cause like, what if you don't get in? I was like, mom, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get in because their admission standards aren't, aren't extremely high. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so I applied to Ohio State and Indiana, Indiana, cause that's where my sister went. Ohio State, I applied to their honors program just to prove to all of my really obnoxious high school classmates uh, that I could get into Ohio State's honors program. When a few of them didn't, so that uh, that always felt good. Um, Wait, but then, did you though? I did, yeah. Um, but wound up choosing Oregon because it was my dream school since I was probably you know five years old. There's pictures of me as a toddler wearing like a baby Oregon varsity jacket, um, and so my first ever Ducks football season was the season right where we went to the Natty. Marcus's Marcus's final year but my first ever game so that was the year we played Michigan State to start the season but that was since Oregon's on quarters that started so late um I was I didn't go out like school hadn't started yet so I wasn't out there for that so my first ever game was the 2014 game it was a Thursday night game against Arizona um and we got we got smoked as we always do to some random Pac-12 team in the middle of the season, uh, in the middle of a good season. Um, and I, that was my first time in Austin. I was, I was like in, on the verge of tears walking in. And then I was obviously fucking crying when I left. Cause like, this is the worst day of my life. Um, but thankfully we, we got back on track and, and made it to the Natty. And yes, Bryce, I did wind up going to the Rose Bowl. And um, I still give my wife a hard time saying that that Rose Bowl is still the greatest day of my life, watching, uh, doing, doing shout and doing the tomahawk chop to annoy all the Florida State fans. Uh, just as, as the sun set over the Rose Bowl, it's, it's pretty tough to beat that. That's insane. Because, Eddie, what's that put us at? Like 20 of our friend group that was like in high school or freshmen at Oregon that were all in that same place. I mean, that's insane yeah, thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, we have a lot of people that I, – I mean, I didn't go to it. I watched it. Um, right. But, watching that. But, yeah, no, you, we've, we've got a lot of friends that have went to that game. It was – I mean – I don't know if y'all knew each other, but y'all no, – no. Crazy, though. It's crazy how, like, looking back now. Because that would have been only, like, four or five months into my freshman year. So, like, I didn't know. I, I ran into, like, maybe two people who I knew vaguely while at the game. But I was just there with my mom because um, that was my Christmas present that year. It was tickets to that game. And – forever grateful for those that Christmas present for sure um because she she did give me the option she's like look like we can go to the Rose Bowl or we can wait and see if they win and then try and go to the Natty and I was like it's the Rose Bowl you gotta go like to 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 watch them play there to watch them play the defending national champs there it was just uh unbelievable and obviously got lucky that I didn't wind up going to the Natty too so yeah no definitely um I know Bryce so before we got on to the actual episode, Bryce definitely wanted to talk a little bit about the college life. Um, and so as we get into the natural, the college life, you know, I want to talk a little alcohol. So Davis definitely was like, yo, like I'll be ready to go for this episode. I'll have a beer ready. And so I was like, all right, bet I'll make sure to drink something. And I told Bryce, I'm like, Bryce, he's got a drink going. So Davis, you want to start us off with what you're drinking tonight? 
Yeah, so I'm drinking. There's a brewery out in Lincoln City. It's called, you're probably not going to say, oh, there we go. Uh, it's called Beachcrest Brewing. Um, this is one of their IPAs that they have out there, but it's a great little spot. It's tiny, like inside fits maybe 15 to 20 people. And then they've got like a little patio that can fit maybe another 20 or so. But they have a wood fire pizza oven and they have some of the best beers probably in Oregon. Um, but they don't distribute. They don't sell anywhere outside of their little <laughs> shop. Um, so anytime Kieran and I are out at the coast, we that's pretty much our first stop is go there, get a pizza. I'll grab, grab a four or six pack and it's really good stuff. Awesome. Bryce, this is like the first time I think we're both drinking on the, on the pod. Not going to lie. Yes, I'm drinking a Guinness Extra Stout provided by my good buddy Murph. Uh, I've never had a Guinness. And as we kind of already talked about, it's got a very roasted taste to it, very dark. Um, Guinness is probably not my preferred beer. I'm pretty basic. I'll drink a Modelo, a Corona. Love Modelo. Bush Light, Bud Light, uh, (laughs) Cooler's Light if I'm in Nashville. (laughs) Really, honestly, I'm a light beer. I like to make a little ultras, as lame as it sounds, but big, big Nicole. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you you like what you like, man, period. Yeah. In college, Mm -hmm. as long as the guy you kind of toasted, then you're all good. That's all that really matters. I got I, you go ahead, Bryce. Yeah. I was gonna say I hate IPAs. Like <laughs> yeah. I got I got a free last time I was in Eugene Eddie uh with Jabum Red, we got a free six pack of IPAs and we literally just gave them to a dad we found walking down. He saw those and he was like, I want one so bad. And we we're like, here, have the whole thing. And this dude almost cried. It was great. <laughs> oh yeah. Go yeah, I know you you talked to me about that at length. I'll drink, I'll drink again. Tonight I didn't I had Guinness, but I, I just didn't feel like having more Guinness after. So I'm having some Uncle Nearest 1856 whiskey. Really good whiskey. Um a little bit on the more expensive side, like 60 bucks, but well worth well worth the cost. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and then just obviously quick shout out to Witty for like I don't know, I don't know if I, he's had it on. If he's talking about that in particular, but hopefully he'll get that get that uh, whiskey on there at some point. Um, I'm yeah. well. Oh, yeah. It's a. I mean, it's Tennessee specialty. For those who don't know, Tennessee whiskeys are all charcoal filtered when they make it. Um, so if you want to look that up, go feel free to. It's really cool. Uh, but yeah, so college. Look, I'm not gonna lie. I think before I left high school, I I graduated, and in the summer before college, I went and helped back. And coaching and someone that I was working with was like, Oh, you're going back off to college. Where are you going again? I'm like, Oh, University of Oregon. He's like, Oh, I heard it's a pretty good party. I mean, uh, it's uh, I heard it's a pretty good school. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah. So kind of walk <laughs> up and all <laughs> into Eugene and uh learned all that. I mean, you know, Bryce and I and Daniel have talked a lot about our college experience, but Davis, you want to talk about some highlights and other what life was like? Yeah, so honestly, kind of, kind of like what you said, I didn't drink much at all um, before college. Uh, I, you know, my parents would let me have a glass of wine when I got a little bit older uh, with dinner, uh, stuff like that. And then um, I studied abroad. Well, I went on a senior trip. I guess is probably a better way to put it. Senior trip uh, after I graduated high school to Italy and Spain for two weeks, and that was like the first time that I really got to witness it. Um, and uh, I realized that a lot of my classmates had a lot more experience drinking as, you know, 18-year-olds than I did. Um, so I was, I was, I mean, obviously it's legal there. It was a blast. Um, but I came, came to college not really knowing what to expect. Um, 
and uh, I had, you know, I had cousins, I had friends who all went to Ohio State. They went to University of Miami, um, Ohio, not Florida, um, and Ohio University, which are all like massive schools and massive party schools. Um, so like, I wasn't really sure what to expect. And Eugene was honestly a little tamer than I think a lot of my friends uh, experiences, which I was perfectly fine with. Um, you know, we all went through our, our phase um of of you know really going out and, and enjoying ourselves but you know now especially eugene is there's there's no bars there now that taylor's is gone webfoot is a disaster it's either rennie's or max's but which is which is a bummer obviously taylor's had its issues but that was you know the spot if you wanted to like go to the it was it wasn't go to the bars it was go to taylor's um but, you know, in, in Greek life, that it is a, a stigma and it's a relatively accurate one that there are parties and you will drink at said parties. And um, it was fun. Honestly, I, I enjoyed it. I definitely overdid it, as we all did at certain points. But there are also nights where, you know, you just go out and you have a few and you just enjoy being with your buddies. Um, and that's what I, I enjoyed about college and, and drinking the most, I think, was just like it was just a way to just everyone was always socializing together you know there weren't multiple different groups there was just you know it was, at, it was for the most part all of your friends you know in, in one area and that that's all that I really cared about yeah, man, I, yeah. feel that. I think that was probably one of the best parts wherever we went yeah I mean I don't think you could call Oregon a party school no nah, after now I mean yeah now that you're saying that Taylor's is gone and it, it's literally like I went back this last season and it was webfoot and it was a night. Yeah. So bad. It was so yeah. bad. And it's like I, no one's turning up at Rennings. No. No. Or or Max. I mean Max is a little bit. They have like a back patio, which is nice, but I so I heard they expanded. I heard they built on that parking lot that was right next oh, to Oh, so okay, okay. Apparently so it's the, nice. The, but... They're probably gonna take over a little bit. I mean they're gonna somebody's gotta, you know, I heard people were going downtown. I was like, I downtown eugene's is not is not it like i, I cringe yeah. to imagine that like i feel bad in a lot of ways that a lot of the upper <clears throat> upper class of course only that goes out to bars uh is unfortunately not gonna be able to go experience taylor's uh, yeah. for all the bad stuff that does come with taylor's but they'd have to go to to downtown because for those that don't know we call it the dirty huge for a reason so downtown eugene is just not the best of places to be at especially out at night so yeah <laughs> it's just, it's just but, not it it's not yeah. where you want to be late at night yeah so yeah. it's unfortunate i'd love to know davis and you're you know you started a year before me and eddie what was it like trying to go out to like house parties before pike because i got a very bit horrible taste of that and i was i was just so happy when pike came around like uh yeah so um what i wound up doing my freshman year a lot was the friends I made in the dorms, probably like half a dozen of them or so, were all from Portland. Therefore, they knew like just, you know, dozens, dozens of people um, and people who weren't even living at the dorms, people who were upperclassmen or, you know, at least sophomores or juniors who were living off campus. Um, so I had like some experience, you know, going to other houses, other to apartments. I, I barely ever drank in the dorms. Um, had a pretty chill RA who didn't seem to care too much, but still it just didn't, I was just, I didn't want to, you know, push it or anything. So, but 
uh thankfully like but also when you go out with exclusively oregon people it's obviously it's a little different scene right they're just a little they don't love alcohol they love a a different vice um instead so it's always just like it was fun to go out but i mean man you could barely see in some of these places so hey so memories oh i was gonna say we're all young enough to remember those basketball parties that what was that apartment you know what i'm talking about Eddie. The apartment behind the uh, Matt Knight and every anybody could get in. Oh as long yeah, as you could get courtside. Court. Yes, and court, those courtside apartments where they had it in the lobby, bro. And then there was like the party in the lobby, and then all those apartments on that floor. That's insane. The whole floor was hot box. I was like, if there's a fire, we're fucked because it is like <laughs> can't see a foot in front of you. But I don't. I know. I don't know if you were ever at one of those, but they were insane. I don't think I ever ever made it to that because freshman year is like hanging out with those people, and then sophomore year was uh, like end of soft mid mid end sophomore year is when Pike came around and we started hanging out with that crew. So um, I was mainly just with the the Oregon bunch for a while, and and I loved them and they were awesome. But it was just it's funny the the just the different vibe that they had versus you know people coming from out of state. For sure, I think as. As we kind of move along, obviously we learned stuff in college. Don't worry, guys. We we did learn stuff in college. Uh, I went to class. <laughs> yes, we did go to class. Uh, even though Bryce is giving us the face like as if no, no, we went to class. But I do for those. I guess this is for those people that do kind of know Davis already, and I should say for the haters. Okay, look, Davis is an athlete, guys. All right. Contrary to popular belief, he is an athlete. So Davis, I know in college you're one of the people that got me onto soccer. Um, and then Bryce and others helped me continue that path of soccer. In fact, I think one of the first times I hung out with you was watching uh, the UFAA championship game, and it was Real oh, versus Atletico, yeah. um, along with a few of the other of our fraternity brothers uh, at the place. Um, so what was it like kind of coming to college and getting maybe meeting more people that love these sports? Yeah, so obviously, like, soccer has always had – it's getting better, but has always had like the stigma of, you know, it's not football. Right. Um, and so I, I, to this day, I am horrible at soccer. I love playing it. It's a blast, but I am, I'm the worst soccer player you'll ever meet in your life. Um, but like my, in high school, I wound up hanging out with like a lot of my buddies wound up playing soccer and therefore I was hanging out with them and hanging out with like girls played soccer and that's how I like started getting like into it and then I bought FIFA and then I'm still playing FIFA you know nine FIFAs later some nonsense like that um so that's kind of like where I uh started with that um but coming into college especially joining a fraternity you're like you don't want to announce quickly that you love soccer as probably one of my favorite sports to watch behind football um so I kind of kept that on the down low, and then I, we started watching some Champions League games. We started, everybody started playing a lot of FIFA, uh, and it was just a blast getting, you know, just joking around with the boys. And then the U, the U.S. team had some really good moments and some some really really bad moments where we lost to Trinidad, drew drew with Trinidad and Tobago, and didn't qualify for the World Cup, the 2018 World Cup. Oh, excuse me, but yeah, I mean, I've always I've always played the non traditional sports like obviously when I was really young I played baseball I played basketball but man I'm like five nine so basketball fell out of the question really quickly 
Um, and I really did love baseball for a long time, but uh, I just kind of, I had a bad coach one year and just, it kind of just kind of torched that for me. And so I fell, fell really into golf and, um, and to this day, that's, that's my, my primary sport. I'm also from the Midwest. So as Eddie was alluding to an, an athlete, I won an intramural championship in cornhole while in college won the, the nice Nike t-shirt and everything that everybody wanted for, despite the fact that there was like five other teams there for cornhole. It was, it was the most BS uh, intramural championship of all time because it was over the summer. So there was no one there. One of the team teams was like the workers. Um, so it was funny that I've, I've definitely always loved the, like the non-traditional sports. And I don't know what has always drawn me to it. It's, maybe, it's probably because I just can't play the, the big sports So. Hey, for those of you that are unfamiliar with ESPN 8, the Ultra, whatever, you know, cornhole's a big deal, all right? Don't worry. Dude, those professional cornhole players are absurd. Crazy. Every time you, like, walk into a random bar that decides to throw on, like, ESPN 3 or something like that, and those dudes are just making, like, four in a row every single time. And I'm like, I, I could only dream of being that good at cornhole. And I'm not no. bad at cornhole. So. Absolutely. But, I mean, the other part of being an athlete, like, we all know. It. I mean, when Bryce and I would hang out on the football field, it wasn't like we were the best players playing football, right? Like. We went to go play basketball at the rec. I obviously wasn't the best player playing basketball on the on the court. Hey, you sure. got you got boards, man. You got. I, I, I had a single job. Um, you know, <laughs> I really looked up to our homie uh, Hefe, and you know, really wanted to be just like him. Um, and but I think the other thing too, like, you obviously had a really good shot in college. Um, that came and went every now and then, both shot and golf and in basketball. For those who don't know. Davis Wake did one thing really well in basketball, and that was shoot threes. All right. You can find find me posted in the corner. I was not leaving that <laughs> yeah, corner. Exactly. It was basically just feeding the ball, man. Um, and in golf too, I've actually owed you for those that don't know. I don't even remember who was golfing with us, but I know that you mean uh, two other people. Oh, uh, I had right. to yeah, I had to pay this guy up with Corona um at the bar because he um what was chipped it? in right? Yeah, you chipped in a shot from like forty yards. I said, awesome. I, I think I literally said, "Who's buying me a beer if I make this shot?" And then I was, just, I, I was like, "Fuck it, yeah, you're not making this. Why not?" <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he hit it and he made it. Uh, he was in between two trees as well and shot it through them and into the hole. Yeah, it was crazy. What do you, What do you uh, play at? What like what's your what do you call it handicap or what do you like shoot? Yeah. You uh, so as of right now, according to the United States Golf Association, I'm a one point four handicap. Um, so my round, my thing, my average score probably for the year is about a 76 or a 77, somewhere in between the two. Um, so I'm I'm definitely up there. Still a lot of work to do. I just got new clubs um, in the fall, so I'm still kind of getting used to them and, and figuring those out. Wow. That's... Yeah, what, what is the handicap exactly? Does that just describe how far off the par you are, or is that something else? Because that's something I never really fully understood. It's a long mathematical equation. The simplest way to put it is it takes into account what you're expected to shoot to par on that specific course and that course's rating. So, you know, if I play, like, a, the, the most basic course, that's a par 72, I would expect it to be shoot like a 73 to a 74. But if I play like a really hard course, I'm probably going to shoot in the high 70s. So it, it always varies. And no one really knows the, the exact, um, you know, equation that defines it. But that the loose, loosely, it's like how many strokes over par I'll be 
compared to how hard the course is going to be roughly fair enough fair enough for uh, for those just a frame of reference i know that in our general sports episode ty was hitting in the 90s about and then i think blade was hitting 80s is what he said yeah am i, am I correct bryce it's yes uh it's my understanding like below 75 is pretty damn good considered pretty damn good from the people i've gone golfing with like because they shoot definitely in the 85 to 100 range and so from my understanding 75 and below is pretty damn good and that's from yeah. that's from like yeah. black tees right like that's from yeah the, okay yeah, yeah. yeah barring yeah. anything absurd i'll always play from from the back tees yeah there's some courses where i see the yardage and i'm like I, I don't hit it that far um so the, those are the ones where i like i'll play from the blues I'll, but um yeah for the most part it's from whatever the furthest back tees are on that course just want to get that out there because I usually play white tees, and from there, um, whatever the handicap is for like one ten, that's where I'm at right now. That's that's that is where I'm at. I'm locked in. Um, but yeah, from white tees, I'm not hitting for no black tees. Um, but kind of want to get, you know, we've talked a lot about sports on this on this podcast, and I think us being guys, and not to say that girls can't play sports. Uh, you married an athlete. Um, as well as we all have a lot of friends that play sports in general. What is like sports meant to you just growing up and even in college and now post-college? I mean, sports has been um, everything to me. It's, it to this day pretty much consumes my entire life. Um, you know, growing up, it was, you know, baseball in the front yard, football in the backyard, basketball um, when it was too muddy. So we had to play on the concrete. Um, and then, you know, in high school, I went to, you know, I get a lot of flack for this. I went to an all guys high school, um, that was hyper, hyper athletic. Um, I mean, we have like probably from my graduating class alone, probably like a dozen kids playing professional sports somewhere. Um, so like I didn't play, I wasn't good enough for the golf team there. Um, I ran track on the B team cause I was terrible and that was it. That was, um, that was the extent of my sports career in high school which was not much but you know that didn't stop me from golfing every week going with my stepdad um going to you know every you know friday night lights was awesome for high school football watching every oregon football game i could find even if it was at you know 10 p.m east coast time growing up which was just just the worst sometimes but um and then got to college and and you know managed to find like a lot of like-minded folks who you know loved watching and playing and so intramurals became a big part of that um and it was intramural basketball is what I probably played the most I think uh played played flag football wasn't great at it um and then after college it's pretty much been exclusively golf because that's like the one sport you can actually play routinely after college without much uh um trouble and then you know COVID hit and there was literally nothing to do. So I was like, well, guess it's time to go outside and play golf. And so that's when I started playing a lot of golf. And, and you know, I would play a few rounds that year. And I was like, you know what, maybe maybe I got something. And so golf is golf is my life right now. Um, you know, who knows in five years if I'll find another sport to latch on to. But um, I'll watch sports every day of the week if, I, if Kira lets me. So... <laughs> Oh man, I think we all feel that. <clears throat> I mean, we've had so many episodes on different sports. That's probably our third most, uh, maybe tied with entertainment. But like, who doesn't watch TV and movies and shit like that nowadays? Right. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, no, I would definitely feel that. I think 
kind of i might as well since you already talked about golf like that was was that about the time that you started your first page for golfing it was in 2020 or was that before no i think that was about when uh you know i was playing so much and i think i was probably just posting like stories on my main instagram i was like dude you know, 99% of these people who follow me on Instagram do not give a shit that I'm playing golf in, you know, 40 degree weather. Um, so I was like, you know what, let's just make a, a solely dedicated golf account. The people who want to follow it can, the people who don't, you know, so be it doesn't, you know, it's not going to bug me one way or the other. Um, and I kind of went through a few iterations of the page and, and what I, what I wanted to do with the page at first, I was like swing videos only. I've got a great looking swing. I don't. Um, and then I was going to do like, you know, playing a whole video of me, you know, see if I can make par on a certain hole or something like that. And there's, I mean, there's probably thousands of golf accounts on Instagram that are doing the, that exact same thing. So I'm still, still trying to figure out where my, you know, where my space is in the golf world. Um, but that's, I think where the blog kind of falls in for me. And for those who don't know, I, I just, do a bi-weekly golf blog. It used to be weekly, but I was burning myself out, took some time off. I was like, if I can do bi-weekly twice a month, I think that's perfect. That's enough time for me to come up with like a thoughtful topic every other week, um, make sure it's, you know, well vetted and, and um, researched, et cetera. So I just, for me, um, I, I really, really love golf. I love the professional game. I love the amateur game. I love the casual game. Um, I know way too many facts about Jordan Spieth and random obscure golfers, like um, like just guys who are barely on the fringes of the PGA Tour. And I, it's been everything for me. And so like for me, the blog is just a way for me to just kind of word vomit and get all that out of my head because I go to sleep thinking about golf. I wake up thinking about golf. I wake up, I literally dream about like what tweaks I need to make in my swing and that keeps me up at night sometimes too. And it's absurd and it's stupid. Uh, and Kira gives me such a hard time for it. Everyone gives me such a hard time for it. I mean, I was playing with Logan and Jacob last weekend. Um, and I played those two versus me, just like uh, just like for the back nine only. And they went up, like, I was playing terrible. And they went up really, they went up 4-1 with um, four holes left. And then I went birdie, birdie, birdie. And after that third birdie, Logan is just like, he looked at me and he was like, man, I hate you. And I was like, why? He's like, because you're not good at golf until you decide you want to be good at golf. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like, I wish I could just decide to be good at golf all the time, but that's just not how golf works. And that's what I think keeps me coming back to is because I, I make three straight birdies. And I'm like, damn, I'm actually good. And then, you know, I go on and double bogey the next hole or something like that. Um, so golf has been all consuming for me, like the last probably two or three years. And it, I don't see that going away anytime soon. Davis, I'm, I'm curious, you know, as a person that I'm personally not that into golf, it's just really not for me, but, you know, one of my best friends in the whole world, pretty close to what you're saying, I mean, almost a golf extremist. Um, what, do you, what do you think about the sport draws particularly men into it, or people, I guess I should say, so deeply into it? I mean, is there just, is there something I'm not getting, or what, what really does it for you, and what do you think it does for a lot of other people? So the reason it probably draws men into it, and it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, it's probably the same as, as most other sports do, is, you know, TV coverage, social media coverage is primarily for the PGA Tour, not the, the women's tour, the LPGA. 
Um, so I think that's a large part of why guys love doing it. And I, I also think uh, a lot of people love it. It's because it, the, the longevity of it, you're not playing football when you're six years old. Right. But, you know, ideally in, in 20, 30 years, I'm still swinging these golf clubs without too much, you know, I'll have to change my swing. I'm not going to be able to swing as hard down the road, but I think that's a big draw to it. It's something you can play for a long time. Um, and then like what keeps you coming back and it, it's weird. It's not, you know, like you can throw a nice, nice tight spiral for a corner touchdown uh, in football. You can hit a nice, you know, back-to-back three-pointers when you're hooping. You could, you know, hit a home run in baseball. But all those for me have never compared to like hitting just like the shot, the golf shot that you, you hit it and you immediately look up and you know, like that's going right out the hole or that's going to be, you know, dead center of the fairway kind of deal. Um, that's what always keeps me coming back and also knowing that like 99% of the time after you hit the shot you're gonna like chunk the next shot or hit shank it into the woods Um, so I think it's the the inconsistency that even the pros struggle with is what keeps you coming back to golf I'm gonna say a great great sport like a perfectionist like if if that's like your thing because yeah it's like it's worse than baseball and the odds of hitting per se that shot because in baseball it's like it's what like a one to three it's yeah like, you're you're yeah, chasing 300 or you're yeah, chasing 30 percent. yeah yeah, yeah. Like yeah. in golf it sounds like you're chasing like the two percent or something you, like that. yeah i mean like even the the pros like john rom who's number two in the world right now said he's talking with tiger woods and he asked tiger is like how many tournaments which are 72 holes so four days 18 holes how many tournaments do you think that you were on your A game for all four days? And Tiger literally said like two. And that's the greatest golfer of all time. Tiger Woods said like two two days he had his A game the entire Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and so the rest of it, if, if you don't have your A game, it's you are, you are scrambling, you are trying to scrape by and seeing what you, you know, what you're made of, how far, you know, you can really dig and, and, and see what you can do. Uh, so I think that's a big part of it too, is like, no one, no one's ever played a perfect 18 holes. You know, the, the people who go out and shoot course records are probably still saying like, damn, I, there's probably two or three shots I still left out there. And that's, that's the most frustrating part of golf. Like for me right now, my like primary goal is, is to be able to break par. Um, and I've, I've come just excruciatingly close probably 20 times now, but it still hasn't happened, but that's what keeps me it's gonna rain on Sunday. That's not gonna stop me from playing golf on Sunday. So, I I will add what I was gonna mention earlier, Bryce. Even to that question is from a skill perspective as a casual player of golf. And I'm not even like this isn't even me being that hesitant to say it, but like across a lot of sports and and obviously I haven't played high level baseball, right? <clears throat> um, I haven't. I mean, I haven't played high level basketball. I've been around high level football um and obviously you just watch like i mostly watch all these sports but from what i could tell it just seems like golf's skill set and the margin of error is so infinitesimal like if i throw a ball at a receiver i know that there is a certain catch radius where i can fit a ball now obviously every now and then not every now and then, often you're going to see some quarterbacks especially the professional level fit a ball in a spot where you right. just, i can't believe that's going to happen and that happens a decent amount of the time but like in golf in order to hit that ball consistently well, it requires just such a narrow ability, and it's crazy, dude. Like if you if your golf club 
is slightly churned just a little bit when you hit the ball. Like it's going to curve in a bad way. It's just crazy. Yeah. I think that's, no, that's I, another thing, part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that. I mean, you look at the size of like an iron compared to the ball. And then imagine that the sweet spot is barely bigger than that golf ball. And then also like the golf ball is barely small enough to fit in the hole in the first place. It's just, it's a stupid game. Like whoever invented golf just wanted people to be miserable because it's, it's, it's so hard. And it, it is the hard, I mean, you look at guys like some of the most elite athletes ever with Tom Brady, who's a very good golfer, Peyton Manning, pretty good golfer, like guys like those, like they'll say, I think they'll tell you 10 times out of 10, the golf is harder than, you know, what they try and do on a weekly basis. Um, and it's, it will never get easier either. So yeah. It's it, it's hard. Yeah, man, it's it's a it's a tough life, but it's a lot of fun too. I think the other part um is just being able to hang out. Yep. Uh, with people and being yeah. outside. I think that was one of the cool things that you mentioned too during COVID was golf courses kind of had to shut down for a bit, but they were like one of the first things that came back that you were able to go out and yeah. hang out. It was um, like, you know what, we'll walk on opposite sides of the fairway. We, you know, barely will get close to each other. But, like, by by God, we're still going to be out there. We're going to talk. We're going to enjoy the weather. You know, we're just going to try to play golf. But um, at that point, it wasn't about golf, right? It was just about getting to see the people that you wanted to see. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think the other thing, too, is, like, uh, as as Witty also mentioned in his I, I don't know if it was on his episodes or even when we were talking about it on our episode when he brought him on first time was it's a perfect, perfect reason to go drink with your friends. Absolutely. No, <laughs> it I, is the perfect opportunity for that. And a lot of what him and I talked about was like trying to, you know, they, if you drink too much, it's not fun. Like you can, you can't even see the golf ball, but if you drink too little, Sometimes it's also not fun. So it's about finding that like sweet spot when you're playing a casual round. Like, how much can you drink to where you can still swing yeah. coherently, swing um, without falling over? So I think that's been a big part of it too. Just learning for me, learning how to separate the casual, you know, social drinking and golfing versus like my my more competitive side as well too. Absolutely. I think the last piece or last question, unless Bryce has another one for you for golf, is. I know you posted competitions, actually two questions, really, but I know you posted competitions. Uh, so what are those going to be? Are you, and I know, was it like a year ago you qualified for something, but I don't, I didn't know all the details about it, but yeah, want to go so, into that bit? Yeah. Um, 2020 COVID playing a lot of golf, handicap got low enough. Didn't even know this was a thing at this point, honestly. And I got an email just because my email was through the Oregon golf association. They're like, Hey, your handicap's low enough. You can come play if you want to try and qualify for the Oregon Amateur, which there's three or four, depending on how many people sign up, uh, three or four qualifiers per year. Uh, the top 20 to 20, 20 to 30 uh, per qualifying site go on to play a, a three day event, two day event, two day event um, uh, at the Oregon Amateur. Um, somewhere in the state and so 2020 I was like sure didn't expect much played horrible didn't make the cut 2021 grinded my ass off more practice than I've ever put into the game of golf um, played horrible didn't make the cut 2022 uh, barely practiced at all because it was raining nonstop. still decided to play in the qualifier and 
you know, God forbid I made the cut because that's, that's all that makes sense, right? You put in the least amount of work and you still make the cut. Um, so then basically, and it, it's a, a rough, rough, rough math, but it, essentially I was playing in, in the Oregon amateur with 120 to 150 of the best male amateur golfers in the state of Oregon. Um, and I got, I got wiped. I got waxed. I, I that was, uh, there, there's some absurd, I mean, cause I'm playing mainly with high level collegiate golfers and high school golfers who are going to play high level collegiate golf. And I was neither of that. Um, so I was one of the maybe 20 to 30, eh, 30 to 50 guys who are post-college trying to just still be good at golf. Um, so it was really eye-opening and, you know, I'm going to try and do that again. There's a couple other different tournaments. I'm going to attempt to qualify for the U S open for absolutely no reason other than I want to mentally torture myself. Apparently it's not going to go well, but we're going to do it just for the experience to say that I tried and did it. Um, and it would be a cool experience. It's had a gorgeous course out here in Portland too. So it could be really cool. Um, so just kind of playing in that kind of level of competition, um, makes it also makes it hard to enjoy the rounds where I'm not playing and stuff like that. Cause I know like what I'm capable of, what I'm trying to do, but, uh, also want to, you know, enjoy playing around with my wife or playing around with my buddies and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think, okay, I'll pull it up. I'm playing in probably like a dozen, no, half a dozen tournaments this year, and none of them are going to be extremely easy, I would imagine. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to play in that U.S. Open qualifier. I'm going to try and qualify for the Oregon Amateur again. I'm going to play the Oregon Public Championship, which is just open to everyone. Uh, I'm going to play in the Oregon, another Oregon Public Championship, essentially, uh, and then another one for the state of Oregon. And then I'm going to attempt to qualify for the U United States Mid-Amateur, which is ages 25 and up. So it, like, cuts away all of the collegiate golfers, so it's a little easier. But, I mean, by any means, it's not going to be – easy like I'm still gonna have to probably shoot under par to, to make the cut but the reason I'm trying to play in that one is because if I do make the cut it's played at a course on the east coast it's like one of the sickest golf courses on the planet so <laughs> oh, that's awesome yeah I mean we'll we'll drop your uh when we drop the episode we'll <clears throat> tag you in the uh, golf account so for all of our Appreciate viewers to get to watch you know him go through the the pain and torture which uh, for some reason people like to watch so you know yeah i know people love it people love watching people fail so <laughs> <laughs> exactly so uh pay attention to that when that's up uh the other question i had was i know you posted goals for this year on the account so how are you doing on those goals oh uh, good not great um also i haven't been able to play a ton just because the weather's been so terrible here in Oregon um, and just on the West coast in general. Honestly. Yeah. California has been washed. I mean, yeah. we're, in, we're in another storm right now, uh, which is fantastic. Just un unheard of down there. Um, so I, I'm doing okay. I have these way too easily accessible for my mental health. Um, so I said, I was going to like track all my stats, which I'm definitely doing hit 40% or better of my greens and regulation, which I'm currently doing, but I've only played, like seven rounds on the year um get below a one handicap we'll see that that will we, we'll check back on that one in october um break par still haven't done shoot one round in the 60s still haven't done and make 40 plus birdies and i've made like a dozen probably so that one that one seems pretty reachable 
Um, but the other ones might be a little tough. That's like 12 more birdies than I've hit in my entire career playing <laughs> golf, bro. <laughs> uh, Dude, it, it's a hard game. So it's been fun. It's been fun just like having something to work towards as opposed to just kind of mindlessly going out there and hitting uh, hitting balls. So it's been fun and I uh, try and keep myself level, but most of the time I wind up getting way too frustrated. So <laughs> yeah, that's fair. No, it's fair. Bryce, you got any, any other questions before we move on? No, I mean, you're talking to the guy that's probably thrown a golf club farther than he's hit a ball. <laughs> hey, I've that's been there too, man. I've been there. <laughs> that's where I am. Yeah. Shout out to uh, my buddy that I almost decapitated with a club. Ball. It's an accident. <laughs> it really was an accident. I bless that guy because he was not that angry. So he was looking all good. It, it also helps when you go golfing. When you play casually to go with like the right people, it makes yeah. it that much better. 100%. Yeah, you got yeah. Gotta find the crowd for it for sure. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Uh another thing. So I think as far as guests are concerned, Bryce, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you're the first. We've had a lot of people on that have been with someone, but I don't think we've ever had someone that's been on married. That <laughs> I don't think gone, we know above them. We don't have a friend group. We don't have no, a friend group. No, we do. We do. John. Oh, yeah. 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 My bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you're like one of the few people that we know that are married that are in the group. Hell yeah. yeah. I'll take that. What, what's, yeah. What's, what's that life been like? What it was what was it like? Like, we've talked about relationships before on this podcast and some of we definitely got to return to, but like, yeah, we're uh, struggling out here. You know, it's it was tough. Um, I showed up to college and knew absolutely nobody, um, and I made a lot of friends. But those are like the the friends you make freshman year. You know, I wasn't really interested in in anyone then. And sophomore year came by. You know, there's a few few flings here and there, but no one I ever was like, oh, long long term can definitely see that kind of deal. And then my junior year. Um, and what wound up being my my now wife's her her sophomore year that after that school year that summer her and I were like the only two people in Eugene that we knew outside of like maybe one or two other people we were both taking summer classes um, and she was there to to practice soccer and stuff like that and so we wound up hanging out a lot but nothing really ever transpired um, but during that that following school year we wound up you know starting to date we there's a we still blame our our good friend Petra she we told all of our friends at a bar at Taylor's we made out in front of like probably 15 of our friends who had been giving us shit for god knows how long and Petra was supposed to take a video of it and never did um because every there's a photo of it somewhere where everyone's eyes just you know they go out of their head um but then, you know, the, I think the literal next day, Kira left for Africa on a, basically a mission trip with the student-athletes. And so then after we had told all of our friends, I had to go pretty much two weeks without talking to her at all, um, which was not easy. But then she came back and uh, things have been, been going strong ever since. Um, I proposed summer of 2021 uh, out at the Oregon coast at a place that meant a lot to me and then I had a lighthouse which she loved um and then we got married in August of last year um but we've been living together since the start of COVID because I had some roommates who were literally like look like 
we don't care if she comes and moves in, but like she she can't go back and forth. Like we don't know what's what's going on with this virus. Like if she's gonna come here, just have her stay here. Like have her pack a suitcase. She can go home if she needs to to grab some stuff. But like we don't want you guys like going back and forth. Um, so we've been living together for a while. So kind of got used to each other's tendencies then before you know engaged and married, which I think was really good um, and got used to each other's tendencies a lot. Um, but it's been good, man. We have now been married for seven months. Um, no complaints. We got a little dog. He is a tornado. Uh, maybe I'll bring him in near the end of this because he's just pretty much pure energy at this point. But it's been good. She has been nothing but supportive of me and, and my golf endeavors. And she's currently about a week away from taking her final test to graduate from grad school uh, to be a speech language pathologist. So it's been kind of just supporting each other uh, and each other's values there. And, and also, you know, like I know for the last probably three hours before we even hopped on this, she was studying. So I was like, I'm not gonna bother here. So I'll just, I'll just hang out in here. Um, so just kind of about finding that balance is what we've learned is, you know, at the end of the night, we're always still gonna come together with, you know, we try and cook each other dinner once a week. Uh, we always go out with our friends every weekend um, just to make sure we're not, you know, just staying in the apartment all day and stuff like that. But it's been been pure bliss so far. I'm sure she might have something else to say about that, but. Uh, it's awesome, man. It's uh, great to hear, honestly. Yeah, I obviously it wasn't like um, <clears throat> we're the best of friends in college, but even I knew like I, I'd hear from the grapevine from a few of the guys and other people like, you know, is something going on? Is it not? I remember those days very much. And then I remember it was like, I think you guys made it official. And I was like, I wasn't even shocked. I know other people kind of were, but I was like, yeah, I'd already heard about it. Like, yeah, there's probably like, I'd say like 50 people who, who like heard the news, like, yeah, it makes sense. And then like everyone else is like, oh my God. Um, so I mean, like also because she played soccer at Oregon and a lot of the athletes, they only date other athletes. Um, I don't know why Kira decided to settle for me, but hold on, hold on. Once again, you are an athlete. <laughs> don't worry, champion. don't worry. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're an athlete, man. Let's be honest, folks. For those that know, he did it for the athlete guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. I still don't have one. I never got one. I know. I'm. I'm still there. She yeah. gave one to her brother. She didn't give one to me. I'm still mad about hey, that. That I'd be so too. Yeah, yeah, one of these days, man. Oh no, for sure, dude. That's yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry, I'd give you one if I could, but I only have my own. So no, no, here, yeah, I got, I got. We're good. We're good. Oh man, no, but yeah, it's great to hear. I think it's just one of those things that like. um yeah, we've talked about it before, and also, all, all three of us are in. Oh, is Daniel still working his master's program right now? He's getting an MBA, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. talked. Yeah, so we we know the the master's grind. All right, I finished yeah. mine, um, and I did one that was kind of only a thirty credit. Uh, whereas I know oh, other wow. people are doing sixty credit ones. Um, so I, it's tough. It's it's I could a, never do it. I people ask me, do you want to go to get a PhD? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I there's Absolutely no way. <laughs> um, I know Bryce. Yeah, you already give him the look. Like, there's no way. It's Bro, it's hard, but yeah. Well, personal news, not to make this about me, but I have to send an email after this because so I made a mistake and I gotta go ask for forgiveness from my teacher. So oh no, yeah. it's a grind. It's a grind. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm often no, like respect for, for people who finish four years of undergrad. You're like, yeah, I think I could do more because I finished undergrad. I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't need to sit down in the classroom. And obviously, like, COVID changed a lot. So a lot of it was virtual for a lot of people. But, um, you know, like, Kira's wound up being pretty hybrid. A couple of days remote, a couple of days in person. But I just, I couldn't do it. So nothing but respect to, to all y'all, honestly. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully she's able to get it done and, you know, be done and yeah. actually work. Exactly. And actually apply what she's learned, you know. Exactly. I wish her the best. Um, I think you guys want oh, Bryce. I'd love Go to ahead. Go. Yeah. So, I you know I didn't know you were a big soccer. I didn't. Oh, I knew yeah. you. Like Here, we Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I've been waiting for this. So I wrote this last part just for me. Uh, but I didn't know how like extensive it was. And for me, like you already kind of said, I was pretty secret about me being a soccer fan to the point that I don't think Eddie knew I was a soccer fan until maybe a couple of years ago. So I was on Twitter, big, big follower on Twitter of U.S. Men's National Team News. And I shit you not, I see Davis Wick because I am I was looking at the name, everything that had to deal with uh, Burhalter. Oh, yeah. And I shit you not, your name came up and you were definitely on the anti-Burhalter. So I'm like, I didn't think anything of it. And then I looked back, I was like, is that Davis Wick from like, <laughs> and I, look, I click your profile, I was like, holy shit, like he follows soccer and he's anti-Burhalter. Bro. For people that don't know, big USA soccer fan. Uh, we did an episode on it. For those that know, not a Bear Halter fan at all. And seeing Davis's um, tweets on it just made me so happy. I was like, I think I liked and retweeted everything you said. <laughs> um, but I'd love to just talk about a little bit of World Cup soccer. I'd love to get how your take on how you thought the team did and maybe some of your issues with Greg. Yeah, because I, I'm always down to talk about it. So my U.S. like soccer fandom started like at the 2014 World Cup, um, when I remember watching in my friend's basement where, you know, we it was the game that Tim Howard just had the he's had like 16 saves against Belgium or some nonsense like that. I was like, oh. it's like okay, like I didn't I I didn't know much about soccer. I was like Belgium must be insane. At that point, they weren't great, but we weren't even remotely good. Um, so it was cool to see us compete at the highest level, um, get some publicity. I was like, okay, cool. You know, like we're still a football country. Like no, no USA is not losing in a game of football. Right. Um, but then, you know, then we, I got really into it after that. And I was like, okay, sick. Like we should probably beat teams like Trinidad, Tobago, Panama, Jamaica, stuff like that. And then we go ahead and not beat Trinidad, Tobago. Don't qualify for the 2018 world cup. Our best player was like 17 years old at that point to Christian Pulisic. Um, and I was like, well, this is what it's like being a soccer fan. Like our team did not even make it to the World Cup, biggest stage, couldn't even make it to like the top, whatever, however many teams, the 48 teams or whatever it is. Um, and so that's like, I think when I got like obsessed with it, I was like, what went wrong? What happened? I'm on, I'm playing FIFA all the time. I was like, the guys are great in FIFA. Pulisic's a, Pulisic's a dog in FIFA. Um, but um, you know, I forget who the coach was. That it's probably still been Bob Bradley. I it was think. Cl- Klinsman, I believe. Oh, you're, you're right, Jurgen. It was Jurgen for sure. Jurgen Klinsman. Yeah. Um, and then you know the 2022 World Cup cycle comes about. Our Christian Pulisic's now at the prime of his career. Should have been at the prime of his career, but had some injuries. Some you know got benched a lot. Um, 
you know, the, but we had a lot of talent. We had guys who were deciding between us and England, us and the Netherlands, us and Mexico, and they were all picking the U.S. And I was like, why the hell are they doing that? And it's because then you come to realize it's probably because they're not going to get minutes, uh, you know, at that other country's team, uh, which is tough. But, you know, if, if a good coach comes along and can utilize the talent the right way, then, you know, you never know. And, you know, the U.S. for probably forever – hopefully not forever, but they're always going to be an underdog on the world soccer stage. We're not going to beat the Frances. We're not going to beat the Argentinas. Um, we're just, we're just not, we don't, we don't care as a country about soccer enough to develop and, and we're getting better. The, you know, the MLS is getting a lot better. We're, you know, partnering with clubs overseas, stuff like that. But um, the U S still has a long ways to go. Um, and then we hired Greg Berhalter, who I would argue would set us like a decade back, but that's probably a little extreme. But he he did. I I will I will praise him all day. He did in, incredible in recruiting players to the United States. Players like Ricardo Pepe, Serginio Dest, Anthony Robinson, Eunice Musa, guys who had probably no right ever playing for the United States. They just had you know, one parent or grandparent or aunt or uncle who had American heritage. And they're like, we can use that. Um, he did awesome at that. And I always say he's super well suited for a front office role, but his refusal to play Giovanni Reina at the world cup obviously led to a lot more drama. If you don't know about any of that, just, just Google Greg Berhalter. I'm not even gonna bother getting into spousal abuse and all of that nonsense that went on. Um, <laughs> so uh but his his inability to put the best players out on you're playing the world cup man it doesn't matter formation wise uh, at a certain point because players are playing so tight anyway they know what's at stake right it's not like a regular season mls game they know what's at stake they're playing tight nobody's playing loose you you put your best players out there plain and simple you don't you don't bench kids like Gio Reyna. um you don't bring on Jordan Morris and um, who's the other kid? Paul Ariola. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You, you you just don't you don't bring those guys on if you want to be taken seriously as as a Costa. country. Yeah, exactly. Colin Acosta. They're just like they they are great players in the MLS, and that's like Jordan Morris scored like four goals in an MLS game the other night. But is he can score four goals against the Netherlands. Absolutely not. But we still brought him on for no reason. Um, so I think that's where he failed the most was just his game management and, and his substitutes as well, too. Like, there's, we, we probably should have beaten England. We probably should have played the Netherlands a lot closer than we did. Um, so it was just tough. It was tough to see our talents not fully utilized. And there's a lot of people who will say that Greg did, you know, as much as he could with what he was given, and that's probably fair to a degree. But in the end, it comes down to – the, the 11 guys you're putting out on that field. Um, I mean, if you expected them to compete with, you know, I, I never would have expected them to draw 0-0 with England, but I also wouldn't have expected us to get smashed by the Netherlands like we did. So uh, a lot of highs, a lot of lows from that World Cup. Like that England match, I, it was like 9 a.m. on the West Coast, I think. Um, like I was – that was the one of the happiest days of my life, sporting-wise, was drawing with a you know a juggernaut with such as England, albeit they're not spectacular these days, but they're still you know a top five or ten country. But 
Uh, you know, Greg still is not ruled out of our coaching search for some reason, uh, which is insane to me, given all of the offseason and off the field drama. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him come back, at least to some degree. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, damn, yeah, yeah. This Dan's certified. Eddie, everything he said is extremely valid. I, I think the complaints with Greg, I would say my biggest one is just his rigidity in his plan. This man has zero room yeah. to change the game plan. And it's yeah. like, you know you're supposed to adapt, right? Like, Yeah, come it, on. no halftime subs, stuff like that. Just bizarre. Yeah, and the Geo situation I've talked about at, at so many lengths. It's just a complete leadership failure. You know, Greg, as the head coach, is the leader. So many failures on the coaching standpoint, the leadership position, uh, yeah, and standpoint, just how you deal with a young player like that. And it's like you always put your best talent out there. Yeah. You is probably sue to be the best American soccer player if he keeps going at the rate he I think he already is, honestly, at least talent-wise. Whether, you know, he's still got to prove yeah. it eventually, but, like, just his God-given talent is better than anyone yeah. we've ever ever had, so. Did yeah. did he sub in Aronson, too, only, and didn't start him? No, he yeah, started Aronson like... at least one or two games, but not all of them for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. I, even I noticed that he – like, okay, soccer is just such a different game, and we've talked about this before than, like, say, football and all this stuff. It's a dynamic game. It's constantly flowing. But, like, even I noticed that when certain players were in a certain position, there seemed to be more opportunities yeah. going you, on. You think somebody whose entire job is to, like, figure out how to utilize that to your best of your abilities. We'll um, do that. But Yeah, but yeah. Just, just the people watching TV, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like anybody that's falling, it's like, Look, this man gets Ricardo Pepe in. Ricardo Pepe does fairly well for the U.S. men's national team early on. He leaves FC Dallas. Off of, from my understanding, Greg's recommendation, he told me yeah. to play in Europe. He goes plays plays in a competitive league in Europe. He struggled for a couple months, which is so normal. Yep. Then he gets apparently not put on the team because he's been struggling. At least that's how I understood it. If he, if and that then he kid, yeah. What? If that could have Dallas, he would have been a starter on the U.S. team, which I think is forever going to, you know, haunt Pepe yeah. for sure. Um, but just just brutal, brutal selection of the squad. He left home some kids. He's, I mean, he, Greg just also loved MLS players. Um, and I think this, not this most recent one, maybe this most recent friendly that, or qualifier that the U.S. played in was the first time ever that are starting 11 to not have a single MLS player in it. And that's how it should be. Like, the MLS is probably always going to be a development league. It's not going to be a top-five league ever. So Until America wants to invest in it and invest in the youth, it's yeah, it's a development league. Which, honestly, I don't really care if that's the case. I mean, Europe's really good at developing. If it was my take, if you want to play professional soccer, get your ass to England at, like, 14, 15. Yeah, if you're being really serious about it, because now U.S. soccer, Ricardo Pepe's playing outstanding the last couple of games. Probably our best He's striker it. we've had in years. And now we're talking about getting blown. And it's like, yeah, Ricardo Pepe's definitely riding the bench if we get this guy. Yeah. This dude, but, but that's like the nature of the beast. Like if you can recruit kids who haven't played enough, like for Balogun, say, uh, you know, say he hasn't played enough for England. He has played for England, but not enough caps at the like 
specific level that they require. It's all so confusing, but yeah, I mean, if we get him, he's, he's better than any striker we'll ever see probably. So hopefully. Yeah. It's, it's just, it just blows my mind because we're, the team is playing so much better. Yep. I just think, you know, I think the fan base has such a more positive outlook for where we could go. The selections we're making, I'm bringing it onto the roster. I mean, look, I can't stand Walker's in there. I, really blame him for a lot of things that went wrong on the defense. Eddie knows. I, sorry, I'm not going to go on this rant again. But it's just, oh, there's so many. When Greg decided to put Jesus Pereira over Jordan uh, yeah. Keefock, yeah. Ricardo Pepe, like, how can you, those two alone, how is a guy like Luca De La Torre so freaking underrated as a midfielder? Not get any time. Yep. I mean, he called up like four or five guys who didn't see the field once in the World Cup. And like, that's not how it's supposed to be. You're there to get these kids experience. And, uh, you know, we didn't go to that World Cup expecting to win. So how do you expect to grow your team if you're not going to make subs? Uh, You know, if who you have out there isn't working, if who you have, if who you tossed in the last game didn't work, then why wouldn't you change it? And he decided that that's not how he was going to go about it. So where the Definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expect different results. But exactly. Sorry, I wanted to go off on that. But no, yeah, no, no. I, I, bro, that, you, I, I was like, talking about Greg, I'm your guy. I promise. I, I'm yeah. always down. I just want to add yeah. too that he Bryce texted me before he like I don't know if he like had already followed you or not on Twitter yet, but he was like, Eddie, like, does Davis watch soccer? And I'm like, bro, like, Davis <laughs> loves soccer. Like, soccer is a big part of his life. I, I was like, he's well, a yeah, big, it's like. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, like, dude, I started sending you his, his uh, tweets, and then you're like, oh, bet. And that's uh, I, was going to, I, I should not have had Twitter during the World Cup. That was probably not my best move. But Oh, yeah, I got a small ban back in 2014 for some comments I made about us playing Ghana because I was just a raging 16-year-old. Because um, I, I, I was feeling some type of way about some fouls that went Clint Dempsey's way. And it was just not about it. Um but, yeah, I mean, amongst a lot of our mutual friends, like, I mean, a lot of people – soccer's just not that huge in America. Yeah. I, I sad to say, I've never been to a Thorns game, and I lived in Oregon for five years, and it's like no one ever wanted to go. And, it, you know, I, I probably could not going to lie, there. I probably would have gone, dude. I'm sorry. I should have let you know. I probably would have okay, gone to a Thorns. Fair. Or, or a I would have gone. Okay, that's fair. But our weekends were like, okay, who's going to a duck football game? Yeah. No, okay, we're gonna sit on the couch and watch football, basketball, and what other yeah, you're right popular 100%. sports and get hammered. So it's yeah. like you know, yeah, but yeah. no, for sure. no I, I don't disagree. I um living here in Portland now for a couple of years, it's been cool to see. You know, we also got a little lucky, not lucky. Uh Kira's teammate Marissa played for the Thorns for a couple of years. So through Marissa, we were able to get tickets, we were able to you know, meet a couple of the players, stuff like that. Um and so now I, I think here, Marissa retired this past season or after this past season, but that's not going to stop us from going because one, the tickets for better or worse are a little cheaper um, than a Timbers ticket, but the Thorns games, they're rowdy. They're almost always packed to the gills. Like people who go to support women's soccer, like support the hell out of women's soccer. And that's what we need more of is stuff like that. And like the Timbers games are always going to be packed. Like this is a big soccer city um you know i'll go to bars during the middle of the week to watch champions league game and if you're not there like 30 minutes before kickoff you're not sitting down 
which is awesome. And I, that's what I love to see, but um, it's cool to see. And it's still not even remotely close to like what bar, like what a Buffalo Wild Wings looks like on a Sunday for NFL and stuff like that. You know, like hey. we're still such a long way to go. Baby steps, man. Baby yeah, steps. exactly. Slowly but surely. Hey, look, we got to make some waves in the World Cup first, and then maybe people will pay attention. No, absolutely. Oh, well, I mean, you know, you get some good coaching. Uh, yeah. Go I mean, you also could argue the women are the best, you know, women's look, soccer team in the world. So, Absolutely. I wasn't going to say much about it, but now that you brought it up, I was – I have I think I've followed women's – the women's national team more than I have the men's. Yeah. Um, just because they've actually been successful. Yeah, they they were winning. Why wouldn't you? I like, was pissed during the Olympics because I think they lost in the quarterfinals to Canada. Yeah. Um, what is it and yeah. I did not agree with the head coach about a lot of his decisions. At, I think the U.S., both national teams suffered a lot from yeah. having two coaches that just did not play their best players in the positions that they could. Like not having Kristen Press start. Uh, not having a couple other players in the mix, I was just like, bro, like I saw the lineup for that game and I was like, it was a bold move. I was, yeah, exactly. I was like, the bold move, Cotton. We'll see if it plays out. Like, yeah. and it didn't. Like, and I was like, fuck, no, dude. did not at all. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, I think you, you'd still argue they're a top three or four team oh, in the world. Yeah. If not top one, um, yeah. which is, it, I think that's what always works. You know, my wife played soccer at UO and go to those soccer games and outside of, you know, close friends and family. The, you know, the occasional pit crew giveaway would, would get people to those games, yeah. but there wasn't a ton of people to there to support. It always broke my heart a little bit. You know, they're just equally as talented, honestly. Like, Kira can show up to any rec soccer field in this whole city, and she will run it, like, guaranteed. Um, but, you know, just for whatever reason, they just women's soccer has not gotten that level of recognition that the men's have despite the fact that the men have achieved literally nothing so i, I was gonna say too you know, it is also unfortunate that it is a sport that is definitely not like the most popular in the united states uh yeah. to in, in a comparative place you know uh the louisville versus iowa game for march madness for the i did see like that hit like four million views which like yeah. the most that which like i think there's more than any NFL game on ESPN or something. Yeah, or, yeah, something like or like that. all yeah. the a lot NBA of the men's game, game too. Yeah. yeah. So basically, it's like, look, if you put them on for especially the popular sports, we'll eventually get to. We're gonna get more inclusive as to uh, the other a lot of other women's sports. Um, That's right. I mean, like, yeah. So it's it's, it's unfortunate. It's a so long process, road, but we're we're trending at least. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's all about exposure, but you know what? Shout out to the U.S. men's national team for being. Mexico, take that, Eddie. You know how I feel about this. You and well, Mexico Bushway. was so disappointing. Mexico, Mexico did not play well. Shit. Probably should have beaten Argentina, shit. though. Oh, dude, I was just glad Argentina. That last, that 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 final was unbelievable. Right, we're getting to the end here of the episode, but for those that are still here, look the the championship game in the World Cup is what you dream of. As a sports yeah. fan, I'm not even like a soccer fan. I mean, a sports fan. You can write an anime. You can write a book about all that. Like how it wasn't even obviously it wasn't scripted, but it just felt like you're watching a script come to life in front yeah. of you. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah. the the greatest player of all time playing against probably one of the future best players of all time, and both of them being literally unstoppable was so unbelievable. 
And it was also at yeah. 7 a.m. Pacific time. So I was like half asleep when half of these goals are going. And I was like, oh, I don't even need coffee at this point. This is like pure coffee. Exactly, in my, dude. In my I got up. So. All I needed was a donut, bro. I was ready to roll. <laughs> I don't know how you can't love, like, being just a general sports fan, not knowing anything about soccer. That last, like, 30 minutes of that game, yeah. I don't know how you're not standing up, holding, a, like, just your fist of just, like, the excitement that was the, yeah. one of the craziest 30 minutes of game I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean, that what a way to end it all! And and then yeah. to go to PKs like that, and then to have Messi do oh my gosh, it was perfect. That you like, like Eddie said, like no better way to script that. No, no Hollywood film writer is coming up with anything better than, than what we watched. The and, fact that it, the only Argentinian goal scored were him or Angel de Maria was just. Yeah, it was like I, just the two guys who've been playing for Argentina for like thirty years now. Yeah. Feels like it was just like that makes sense. Like it had to be them, right? So it was and awesome. Had, uh, oh my goodness, his name's slipping my mind right now for France. Uh, Mbappe, dude, when he scored that first one, I was like, dude, if I'm an Argentina fan, I'm sweating right now because yeah. I he, he, he ripped won, it. Yeah. He ripped it. And I'm like, oh, he's coming alive now. He's gonna put the but team on his back. That made it. But for me, in my mind, it made it so much better because in my, yeah. as a diehard Messi fan, it cemented that he is better than Ronaldo. He is yeah. better than – that was the toughest World Cup game, I think, maybe ever. I I'd, I would put a strong argument for not just final-wise. That was a juggernaut of a game where they were throwing hands back and forth till the very end. I mean, I besides Brazil getting disrespected, that, I mean, that wasn't much of a match, but like pure, oh. just generational talent kind of colliding. Yeah. What's yeah. coming and what has been. I mean, good God. No, so it, was, it was just perfect. Uh, I was screaming. I'm probably woke up half the apartment complex after every single goal, but if they weren't up watching it at that point, then it was their loss anyway. So true, true. All right. Yeah. We're going to probably wind it down here, but I do have, I got two questions. Uh, what's like been your favorite, maybe three questions, golf course to go to? Who, uh, I mean, that you've either went to and like maybe watched people play golf or played at. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had the privilege of playing out at Bandon Dunes four or five different times now. And, you know, I've got four 18 hole courses out there now. Um, five trails that doesn't matter um pacific dunes for my money is the best course in america um at least that's accessible to the public uh you know set you back 300 plus dollars in the in the summer but it is to me worth every single penny on a good bluebird day uh it's just perfect um but ask me again in like a month i'll let you know i'm playing up at chambers bay in washington uh which hosted the 24 15 u.s open which was won by jordan spieth who's who's my boy um so i'm and that's right up on puget sound up in seattle so it's going to be a really cool course i'm playing it twice in one day uh just because so we'll see i i'd say bandon dunes just the resort as a whole is it's a it's golf mecca uh, my my other question is, what's this ice cream thing that you got going on, or gelato thing, whatever? You've had it going on for a long time now. Don't you have uh, like, shipments of ice cream yeah. or something like that from? 
Oh, God. I think it's been every Easter since I moved away from home uh, for college. So now we're running on nine years, nine years now. Um, oh, this upcoming Easter will be nine years that my mom sends me a uh, like dry ice overnighted package, uh, six pints of a Cincinnati brand of ice cream called Grater's. Um, they make a flavor called black raspberry chip, which is from, is just, it's the best. Um, and it's not like where Skyline Chili, I say it's the best and no one likes it. 99% of the people who try black raspberry chip from graders love it. It's, uh, the, the chips they have are like this big and half of it. Uh, so like half of the pint is just straight solid chocolate, which makes it so much better. Um, but yeah, that's what you'll see. And you'll see it again. Uh, hopefully if, if I'm, if my mom still comes through, um, and I could order it on my own too, if I wanted to, but, uh, there's one store in the whole city of Portland that carries this, this specific ice cream, but it's usually sold out and it's not even remotely close to me. So like, I'd have to make like a 40 minute drive to go get this ice cream. Figured I'd finally ask. It's been long enough now. <laughs> I see it on your fucking story. <laughs> oh man. All right, man. I love yeah, it. But- yeah, Bryce, you got any other questions or anything like that, man? No, I've, I've said enough about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Davis, you got anything else you want to No, appreciated y'all having me on. It was a pleasure. Uh, Bryce, I, I kid you not, reach out if you ever want to vent about Greg or the U.S. At U.S. team. I'm your guy. Um, yeah, and if you, I, I'd love to come back on down the road, too, if you guys want to talk about anything that's not golf or soccer, too. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. I really appreciated it. I oh, will definitely come back to it, especially. I mean, whether it's golf related or not, but I think we'd love to get a review, maybe, of uh, what the what the end of twenty twenty three looks like after. Yeah, like, we, we go like through that. all my goals where I didn't hit a single. One yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, dude, really appreciate it, man. I mean, I think it's been fun to, you know, maybe Bryce already. I think I already told Bryce about this to have other people on all the time, just because it's good to have other voices besides their own. Yeah, um, and to. Uh, highlight other people's lives that you know everyone kind of goes through their thing and has their own life path and glad that you're able to follow a passion that you have going on now and also the fact that all of our friends for the most okay nearly all of our friends from the university of oregon that we are still friends with have love a sport or play a sport and that's something that we all absolutely have in common besides all being ducks but yeah yeah, so no i think that that made college a lot easier honestly just having a lot of shared interests like that. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, so really appreciate it, Davis. Uh, for those that are just listening, um, like I said before, follow us at the bums, B underscore MS. We will share Davis's account um, when we post this episode and uh, give him a follow. He got you on all things golf. Go to his newsletter. He'll let you up twice a month um, about golf stuff that's going on. So yeah. yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you again, Davis, and we will catch you guys next time.